Welcome back to another wonderful and exciting episode of the Blue Line Brothers. Part two. Part two. Challenges <laughs> in life, part two. I'm Fred. I'm Frank. And uh, we're just a couple of uh, knuckle-draggers that are uh, trying to share a few uh, uh, laughs and, and uh, little tidbits of entertainment here and there. Uh, hopefully, uh, all both of you might continue listening and supporting us. We deeply appreciate it. Yeah, that'd be nice. But yeah, we uh, we we're, this is part two uh, of uh, two or three or four or eighteen part series. We're not quite sure yet um, uh, about uh, uh, some some great challenges in life. So uh, part one, uh, we covered the meat and potatoes part of um, Frank's uh, little escapade with a motorcycle and a feline. Um, so we can sum that up um, before we get started with part two. So, uh, what do you, what, you know, in general, uh, what did you come away with as far as a few extra scars uh, <laughs> that uh, you feel um, might help improve your uh, ability to deal with uh, future challenges? Well, <clears throat> you, you, it's hard to put it under a blanket statement, but as long as you have an end game and you can focus on it and you can visualize it you can make it happen even when it gets to the point that you think there's not a snowball's chance in hell as long as you keep your mind on the prize it'll happen just don't you just can't give up you have to because you're the only one that is going to make that happen. <clears throat> because nobody else can do it for you. You have to set your mind, get it in motion, and let it play out. And you've talked about a few ways that you did that. Uh, just to review, you, you, you put yourself uh, in a different mental focus, if you will, when, when you knew that, uh, you know, that pain was, was trying to overtake, you know, other senses and things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. You, uh, you refocused, uh, your mind, your train of thought onto something, um, to help get you through those, those spurts of, of, um, I, yeah, I say higher intensity pain. And, and I, I guess like we that. could call it, you know, like a misdirection type of deal. You know, the, the old mu mu magicians, you know, they slide a hand, misdirection, kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's just. Now, did you do anything like uh, breathing exercises or anything like that when you were? Um, the only time I did a breathing exercise was I was coming through the kitchen and cut the corner short and my knee hit the corner of the cabinet oh golly uh oh i did some breathing all right i bet the neighbors heard that um yeah 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 that they did and a steady string of interesting words i'm sure you put together a rather artistic uh few statements or two that uh yeah probably I, I put, it out yeah i put words together that were never meant to be together yeah exactly mm -hmm. yes in, in true artiste form oh yeah, yeah. 
so so yeah the the, the whole idea is that um uh, there is a way to to persevere and adapt and overcome and things like that. I mean, there are phrases that we hear in movies and, and stuff like that, but there's a lot to that. There's a lot more to that. And putting things into practice, it's easy to talk about things, but it's, um, it's where the rubber meets the road when you actually have to uh, instill these things and, and put things to use. Yeah, because I, 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 I want to say... 90% of it's all mental, but it's not. I mean, when you have such trauma like that, you know, it's probably 50-50. Because, um, you know, you, you are, you're literally limited on your physical abilities to do anything. Um, so then that's where the mental game starts to come into play. You, know, you you cannot physically get up and move, but your mind can still be worked. And you can still delve into the deep recesses of your thoughts and try and focus on, you know, three months down the road, six months down the road. Or something as simple as, you know, I've got to get my lazy ass off the couch and go to the kitchen because I'm hungry. And that's where it starts. The little, small little grain of sand in the back of your brain. And then it starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And next thing you know, you're walking into the kitchen making a sandwich. You know, here it is five, six years down the road. And... <clears throat> a stranger meets me on the street, they have no idea that, you know, my ear was hanging off the side of my head and, you know, I, my face looked like hamburger and, you know, they would have no idea. Because it's all about you set a goal and you do whatever the hell you have to do to accomplish that. So, yeah, it's just, it's, it's all the power of, I don't want to say the power of suggestion, but, you know, you, you intend, you, <clears throat> you are internally suggesting to yourself that you have to do this, this, and this. And then it turns into a suggestion, turns into a, hey, get your lazy ass off the couch and go do something. Then next thing you know, you're cruising down the road, going to the bank, because you're bored. Right. And now, after having gone through that, you will face future challenges a bit differently because you have some experience now dealing with things that maybe mm -hmm. you didn't think you could get through before or, or something and, like that. <clears throat> I don't I don't want to say that um, I don't put a lot of weight into things anymore, but <clears throat> I don't um, I don't let it affect me as as 
as much as it should, if you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, because I know whatever the scenario is, one, it's temporary, and two, hey, guess what? I can dictate how shit goes in this scenario. I want it to affect me and and just literally tear me down. That's what's going to happen. That's the thing. Here if, we go. If uh, I want to grab it by the back of the throat and pick it up, slam it up against the wall, and say no, I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. That's you know, it's my choice. Yeah. Let, let's let's thank you for that because now we're we're talking about the the control issue that mm-hmm. <laughs> us cops have to be in control and, and we're gonna delve deeper more deeply into that later but <clears throat> excuse me as human beings oftentimes we find ourselves concerned about uh things that we can't really control uh, as opposed to the things that we can control and surprisingly in any situation there's, you're probably looking at 75% of that you can control. Whether it's by action, by words, by you know body language, whatever it is. But you can control the outcome of whatever that situation is. And if that means you don't do anything, well, guess what? You just applied some control to that situation well that and there's also the the uh, trial and error aspect too mm-hmm. uh, I've talked to a lot of police officers that um, and not just police officers this goes for civilians anybody it doesn't make a difference but you know oh my gosh well I was, I was afraid to try that because what if it didn't work or what if this you know happened or you know we can play the what if game from now until kingdom come yeah but the whole thing is, okay, fine. If, if your first avenue uh, that you pursue or decide to, to take and uh, you're not getting where you want to be, all right, change, you know, shift gears, change lanes, and pick another avenue to try to attack that, um, that goal, to get that goal completed. And um, once again, I, I mean, something, it, it sounds simplistic, but when we were talking about you know, trying to take your mind off your knee when you would pop your knuckles. Mm-hmm. Okay, if that didn't work, then you try something else to take your mind off the pain. You know, you would, okay, if that didn't work, all right, I'll try something else. And, and it's okay to shift gears, you know, uh, and change lanes, if you will, so to speak. Um, well, I, I, can't, I can't remember who said it, so I can't give him the credit, but... <clears throat> The most detrimental statement in the human language is what if. What if I would have done this? Or what if I would have said that? What if I would have done X, Y, and Z? You will literally beat yourself up for the rest of your life over some small, inconsequential question of what if. Exactly. And of course, that's completely devastating for law enforcement officers that we'll get into later on on a professional level. I mean, I I would rather make a decision and it be catastrophically wrong as opposed to sit there and go, what if I'd have done that? 
what if I'd have done this? Because now you have pigeonholed yourself and for the rest of your life, it's going to be something that eats away at the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's crippling. And there's no two ways. It's, it's, it's crippling. That, uh, paralysis of analysis type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, it's it, it staying in neutral gets yourself nowhere. Yep. You got to be able to shift in the gear at some point in time. So So, that's the other thing. And of course on the physical side, I'm sure that your pain tolerance has increased. Uh, <laughs> things like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, you look 20 years younger at least on one side. Uh, on one side, I do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, I, I you know, there are some attributes here that we can far more than negative situations. So so how is an E now? I mean, obviously you can uh, still perform as a law enforcement officer. Um, You're probably not running marathons or anything. I can jog, but I, you know, it, it, I feel it when I'm done. You know, it's just, if, if I'm getting in a foot pursuit or something like that, you know, my adrenaline is going to far exceed the pain in my knee. And once I have that adrenaline dump, then yes, I'm going to feel it. And it's just, right. It, it's, it has just become part of my life. Now. Well, that's the whole thing too. People realize, uh, people that have had to endure, um, crippling pain, uh, especially for long periods in time in their life, uh, they get it. They understand that we, we do adapt and overcome. And yes, it's, it's funny how our, our human makeup is designed to uh, suffer. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that we are. And, and, and the thing uh, is, that suffering is self-inflicted. It is, most of the time. Yeah, I mean... And I can attribute to that. I, you know, every time that I sit and think how, you know, damn, my knees hurt, my neck hurts, my back hurts, you know, my hand, my shoulder, whatever hurts. I think back like, well, yeah, dummy, because you did X, Y, and Z. You caused that. It's self-inflicted. Way to go. <laughs> here's your, here's your plan. Well, that's the whole thing. We, we do a good job of getting ourselves, digging ourselves a rather deep hole. And now, uh, okay, how do we get out of it? Mm-hmm. And so this is a part of that. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And once again, when we negotiate through great challenges like this in life, then we do grow mentally, uh, but we also grow spiritually and, and all that, because now we have a little bit of knowledge in the back of our mind that, Hey, okay. I was able to do this. Yeah, we and we all have help. So I'm not talking about the self-made man or anything like that. But hey, you were able to get through this, no matter how painful, no matter what you had to do. You, you saw things through, and all right, you know, um, we're we're gonna have more challenges uh, at our feet. You know, that's what, inevitable. But what was that saying? Um, <clears throat> if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Yeah, uh, Nietzsche said that. Yeah, yeah. Friedrich uh, Nietzsche said that. Yeah, he a wise man, very dark man, but very wise. Um, uh, agnostic, but wise. There's nothing wrong with being a dark. No, no, I'm not saying no. No, no judgment I, in, uh, 
intended there. You know, just a description. Uh, I, yeah, I, he. Um, I, I I do like the uh, dark thoughts sometimes. Sometimes uh, they are, f- uh, well, <laughs> they're fitting. <laughs> they're they're definitely fitting. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes um, uh, revealing, uh, much more revealing than what we might give them credit. So uh, let's uh, take the this this time to turn the tables. Let's talk about <laughs> your little uh, my little escapade challenge, your yeah. your trip, if we will. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a, a very good friend of ours uh, uh, took an escapade about a month before I did, and I had no idea that I'd be joining the guy in in, in a ride. So, yeah, uh, <clears throat> two first class tickets, please. Yes, exactly. Yes, um, and once again, another aspect is yeah, you know, life is hunky dory, ho hum. We're going through another day, and then all of a sudden, bam, everything changes. Um, but yeah, one day I, um, um, had a seizure, a grand mal seizure. And, um, I don't even remember it. I, um, remember the day before I had my seizure back in the December of 21, which, which at the time of the recording, uh, a year ago, December. Um, so I had a rather, rather enjoyable, um, holiday season last year. Um, but uh, the day after I went to the gym, went to work, um, felt fine after the gym, uh, ate food as usual, never had any problems, um, went to, to do a part-time security gig overnight, uh, got home, and I don't remember the next three days. I well, was... Uh, I, I, I do remember because we spoke on the phone the I believe it was the day of your seizure or maybe it was either the day of or, or the night prior but it was right in that time frame <clears throat> uh, our mutual friend we had talked on the phone trying to to discern a timeline because nobody has heard from you and uh, it was uh, it was it was within a twelve-hour time frame that we were talking on the phone, and you had your seizure. I uh, I can only guesstimate. Um, thankfully, I got home. Uh, I didn't have the seizure while I was driving, um, <clears throat> but um, uh, another friend had not heard from me. I think, let's see here, I remember waking up in ICU on a weekend. It was a Saturday or Sunday. Uh, It was, um, it was a Friday night, Saturday morning. Okay, so uh, I know that that I was out for three days. I had the seizure. I had double pneumonia at the time, and they diagnosed me with COVID. Um, So I apparently had this grand mal seizure in my apartment. Um, wasn't found for another two and a half days. So no fluids, no food intake. Um, I wake up in ICU. Um, I see my sister and my mom 
they were all, of course, especially for, for that time period, wrapped up in gowns and masks and all this stuff. I could tell who they were. Uh, we had a brief uh, interaction, and then they left. And um, that's the, the ICU nurse. I, I didn't really understand the severity of my situation. I'm looking around, and I'm in one room. And uh, the charge nurse, or the my nurse, comes to me and, and says, oh, you know, how are things going and all that. Well, uh, <laughs> you tell me. I'm, <laughs> I'm oh. doing my best to the version of a soup sandwich on a gurney. Um, <laughs> she starts laughing. <laughs> I said, I, 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 uh, I got a whole... I got pick lines in me. I got as I and of course you know me. I, <laughs> I was trying to take stock of the situation, and I I look around and I say, "Oh, a catheter." Then <laughs> 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 of course you know the once again the cop version. I said, "I can pee. I can pee. I can pee." <laughs> she starts laughing. She says, "Honey, it's a little late for that." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. I, I I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> you know I I. I never had the luck or the misfortune of being forced to get one. Of those. See, I was going to ask you about that. You I, know, I, with I your never had one. Well, I'll, I'll get to that here in a minute. It's a little. Uh, well, everything's entertaining, <laughs> but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to that here in a minute. And uh, to, and to be honest with you, I, I I'm okay with. Oh, that. let me tell you something. You're missing something just fiercely exciting fiercely exciting <clears throat> well I, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm okay with that <laughs> <laughs> well you I think the road rash made up you know having you know your cheekbone exposed I, I think that made up for the <laughs> yeah I, I, I think so but uh, the the thing is it, it really didn't dawn on me because once again it, it, they uh, I had a doctor come in and was, okay that um, what day is it uh, I don't know um, but, um, uh, what, what was it? Uh, do you know the month? No. Um, and I really didn't. I wasn't playing games at all. I really, that was one time in my life, I knew nothing other than I was in this uh, green-on-green room um, uh, with a nurse over me and a doctor. And and the, basically my first question was, okay, what... What stupid thing did I do to put myself in here? And the the nurse looks at me. She said, "Honey, you didn't do anything stupid." I said, uh, "I find that hard to believe. <laughs> I, I really find that hard to believe." She said, "No, actually, in this case, uh, you had a grand mal seizure." I said, "Oh, okay." Uh, and she asked me. She said, "Would you know why?" I said, "No, I've never had a seizure before in my life." I don't know. I'll bite. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, can you tell me? I said, uh, I definitely don't have the answers. <laughs> and um, that's when the the one the first doctor came in to see me. He said, well, you had a grand mal seizure. You've got double pneumonia. Your fever right now is almost 105. Um, you weren't found for three days total. Uh, you should be dead three times over. I said, okay. Um so, I guess I, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm still alive now. That's about all I can say. And he said, yeah, uh, we're trying to figure out, you know, why you had that seizure. Uh, we've put you through a number of tests, and we've got a number 
of additional tests scheduled. So, you know, bear with us. But as soon as we can get this fever under control, blah, 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 we'll try to get you in a normal room. I said, they, okay. They ran a, a complete battery of tests on you, didn't they? They did. They yeah. went through um, MRIs, um, CAT scans, the whole nine yards. And even, I mean, yeah, I, and I, it was cool. The nurses appreciated what I, that, and, and two of the three doctors appreciated my humor, but one, one just didn't, um, care. I, and I only had one, oh, that was it. I said, uh, who's the, do you know who the president is? I said, yeah, jackass. <laughs> and the nurses started laughing their asses off. The one doctor looks at me. I said, what? I, I remember something. <laughs> so what's, <clears throat> what's the problem? <clears throat> Excuse me. And of course the doctor left and everything. And I looked at the nurse, uh, she, and she looked at me. She said, well, I'm, I'm really sorry this happened to you. And I said, please don't be sorry. I said, I'm not sorry at all. I said, this is a, a huge, huge blessing. I said, I know it doesn't look like it right now, but I said, this is a huge blessing. And I said, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around what's going on and, <clears throat> excuse me, what happened and everything. But I said, I can tell you, you know, all humor aside that, yeah, this is a great thing. And I said, and I've, you know, I can accept it and, and we'll make things work, but please don't feel sorry for me. I, and, that, and of course, the uh, we, we go on a little bit and... Um, <laughs> Getting shots in the stomach, you know, for the anti-blood clotting stuff and all that good stuff. So I was pretty much a pincushion like everybody in a, in a hospital like that, but uh, which didn't bother me a bit because, I once again, um, trying to figure out what the heck happened and why it happened. Because, uh, once again, you know, the control freak in us has to, all right, what, what, what's going on and all this. But it was funny because I, as I, after I realized I had a catheter, I look over and, and there was a phone next to my hip. <laughs> I'm thinking, huh? I said somebody's important. There's a telephone in here. <laughs> well, it turns out I didn't realize, but a a couple of good friends of mine were trying to keep tabs on me, <coughs> Frank, and uh, and so uh, all of a yeah. sudden, oh, the phone's ringing, and the nurse comes out. Oh, that's for you. <laughs> and she uh, and she looks at me. Of course, I didn't have any rings on my fingers or anything. She said, oh. Uh, your entourage is calling. <laughs> I said, oh, oh, that's oh, gee, uh, okay. And so it was funny. It was, um, yeah, the, the, I think the nurses knew us all by name. I think they did too, because <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but that, uh, we had a, a second doctor come in and, uh, he he reaffirmed what had happened, and of course, I, of course, there's new terminology for for all this stuff now. I still call it petite mall or grand mall seizures, but excuse me. An, an Indian doctor came in, and and he was he was probably more inquisitive than anybody else. Uh, I mean, it was as if he took it personally that he could not figure out why I had a seizure, and uh, so he spent some time with me, talking to me, and everything. He gave me a day or two to come out of the mental fuss. Uh, and everything, and um, he said, hey, we're going to, you know, send you to a CAT scan and everything. He said, I, I want to know what these results are just as much as you do, so um, uh, I'll come back and talk to you, you know, once once we get this test done. And and they still have yet no. even come close to the ballpark of... of no, they, they said I was deficient in... Um, 
crap, what was it? It was something fairly basic like sodium. Sodium and, and uh, 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 was it vitamin D? No, there was something else. It, it wasn't potassium. It was, um, oh, crap, I can't remember. But that that's the thing is, I had mentioned, I said, well, you know, with, with me being dehydrated and not taking in fluids for three days. Magnesium. Magnesium, that was it. Yeah, yeah I was low on magnesium. I, it, I had to think yeah. about it. <laughs> Thanks. See, once again, I'm glad. I, and see, I have a great ex excuse now for not remembering things. Yeah, I had a seizure. I was, I was dead for a little bit. <laughs> and so, um, but that's the whole thing. I, that's after <clears throat> after going through some things and everything. Yes, I, I was not of this world for a while. Uh, so uh, probably before I was found, uh, another mutual friend actually found me through another one trying to make phone calls and everything and uh the apartment oh, we, manager we, we had quite the uh telephone game going on that's what i've been told <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was uh um let's just say i was I'm, I'm quite fortunate to have the people around me that i do so uh, and of course frank is uh that's one reason we're doing a podcast like this together uh because once again, that's another aspect to this stuff is that you realize uh, just how wealthy you, you are in life, um, which I've always considered myself wealthy. But once again, through an escapade like this, um, you know, proof positive, if you will, on a lot of things. So once again, there's a lot more uh, positive to take out of stuff like this than there is negative. But yeah, going back to that, um, it was... Um, the, the other doctor came in and said, yeah, I said, uh, you know, uh, uh, this would have killed a lesser man. And and he started asking me about what I did for exercise and everything. I said, well, I, I go to the gym, I lift weights and stuff. He said, well, what kind of program are you on? I said, well, doc, if I live through this, I said, uh, how about we, <laughs> you know, we, I can do some personal training with you. If you're on. He's like, well, I am out of shape. I, I really do need some exercise. <laughs> like, well, okay, doc, they're great. You know, I'm going to have a hundred billion dollar bill after this so you know hey if i can work it off you know, doing stuff but like keep this. in mind you may have a seizure from my workouts well yeah exactly that's the thing and and that's the other thing too i said you know i, I do remember exercising and and i do take my workouts rather seriously so i mean i i i i do things you know i just don't go in for social hour and stuff i i really do a lot of exercise and a certain period of time and, and blah, I just take that seriously. So, um, and that's, uh, so I was asking the doctor about that, you know, Hey, you know, was it something I did in my workout the day prior or something like that? He said, no, 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 no. I said, okay, good. But I said, Hey, you know, this isn't, this isn't, uh, you know, this, uh, a lesser man would have, would have been killed or whatever. I said, I don't think consider myself much of a man. So I said, let's, Let's just, you know, put credit where credit's due and say that divine intervention is the reason that I'm here right now. So uh, that's another big message uh, for me. And now I go around, I can say that God kicked me out because uh, <laughs> I, 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 I did make it uh, uh, someplace beyond this world and, and then I was asked to come back. So I said, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I think the devil probably kicked me out. You know what? That's the thing, man. Uh, you know, for some reason, we keep getting kicked back out in this world, and, and uh, uh, maybe that's a good thing. Uh, maybe it's not so good thing. I don't know. But uh, uh, but the whole thing is, yeah. Th basically, they did to me what they did to you. Uh, is maybe it 
falls into that whole world domination thing. Well, it might. It might, because here's the thing, man. Um, well, there's a spiritual side of this that, that we'll take up in another episode, because we uh, mix up a whole bunch of stuff in one episode. But kind of like you, they uh, by the time, <clears throat> what they did is, is, I was in ICU for, I think, three days total, something like that. They kicked me into a regular room for three days, and then I was out. Let me see. I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, you had the first day, and then they kept you in ICU for an additional three days. And then from there, they kicked you down to a regular room. So it was like two and a half days that you were in a regular room because that half yeah. day was your... Yeah, and I, I got... I finagled myself out of having to do rehab. Um, cause they were gonna, they were talking about keeping me in for another couple of days because it's protocol. If you've been in ICU, you got to do rehab before they cut you yeah. loose. And they said, the nurse came in, um, yeah, the second day, uh, of my, when I was in a regular room, she came in and she said, well, if you can take a shower, um, she said, I don't, I don't, you know, I was still hooked up to a couple of things. <laughs> I stand aside. Well, that's actually, <laughs> I did. I, I kind of. Once again, I, I got a couple lectures while I was in the hospital. And uh, that was the second lecture I got because I just took it upon myself. Nobody, you know, they wheeled me into the room, mm-hmm. you know, but they didn't, they threw me onto the, you know, from the gurney to the cot thing, you know, to the regular bed, but they didn't unhook me from anything, you know, and rehook yeah. me up to the, so I'm, I'm lying there, they just take off. They didn't say anything, so I'm just kind of looking around, which is fine, you know, I'm, not in a hurry to do much of anything, but, you know, five minutes goes by, half an hour goes by, and pretty soon it's like, well, I don't think you're coming back. And I really got to pee, and, uh, huh. So I'm looking around, like, well, if I unplug this, and I take that out, and I do this, and I, I, I got to the second to the last, <laughs> and then these alarms start going off. It's like, damn, I almost had it. <laughs> I was like... Ah, so of course the nurse comes running in. What the hell are you trying to do? Uh, go to the bathroom. Uh, I that, pee. If I I can't fit the gurney in the bathroom with me, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> did, did they hand you the um, the the fancy Gatorade bottle? No, they actually let me go in. She she said, "All right, smarty pants," and she she unhooked me. She said, if you think you can go in the bathroom, great, I'll be right back. I said, don't stick another fucking thing in that another freaking place in another. No, 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 no. I can pee. <laughs> so I, I go in the restroom and, oh, my golly, did it hurt. <laughs> you keep that balloon over there. I I, I gripped my teeth and uh, uh, was able to, to pee. I came back out and I said, yeah. And uh, so she put me, she hooked me back up and, and um they, even when I was in my regular room, they still had me on uh, four different pick lines in my arms. They were feeding me so much crap. Was that uh, when they were um, one IV after another? Yeah. yeah. They actually they had four two pick lines in each arm. And uh, when I was in ICU, they had four IV bags going. Because I, I, I do remember, um, <clears throat> I can't remember if it was the charge nurse or one of the doctors, but Somebody had said that you are detrimentally dehydrated, and they were just feeding you IVs one right after the yeah. other. Yeah, yeah. The 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 doc that um, was talking about my survival said number one, 
the seizure itself was so violent, I should have died from that. Oh, I forgot. I did. I bit a hole through my tongue. Yeah, I was going to say, was yeah. it the, your tongue or did you get the side yeah. of your cheek? Nope, I bit a hole through through and through on my tongue. And um, that was probably why I didn't swallow it during the, the seizure. Uh, but yeah, that's why I was talking funny yeah. for quite a while. And people thought that I it was a, um, possibly a mental issue. Um, now, obviously, the, the medical staff knew, but I think a couple of our mutual buddies were kind of concerned about that because they didn't know. Well, I know because I... I... Um, I was uh, <clears throat> involved in a conversation about that, and it, it was it was one of the things that was it was top on the list of things to talk about mm. because you know just just the way that um, the way you were slurring your speech, and you know of course now after the fact you know it was because you just took a chunk out of your tongue, yeah. but you. We didn't know that. All we could just discern what we were hearing. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it didn't sound good. Mm. I mean, it didn't sound good to me. I mean, I was, and of course, I, yeah, they were trying to feed me crackers and stuff like that. But yeah, the doc said I should not have survived the actual seizure itself. The fact that I had double pneumonia while I had the seizure was a second reason I shouldn't have survived. And of course, not having any fluids or food for three days I should have died from dehydration and all that stuff on top yeah. of because once again the double pneumonia drains you and, and all that so uh, yeah it, it was it was one of those things where um, and that <laughs> it was funny too they they had me hooked up because they had me diagnosed with COVID so there they're, there's two or three different ways that it affects your uh, air intake. Okay, it's not just air through your mouth and nose; it's how much air your blood holds and, and stuff like that. And so they had a, a meter uh, on the headboard of my bed in ICU for um, O2 rate and the percentage of O2 that I had in my blood and all that stuff. And uh, it never dropped below ninety-five percent. And uh, the doc came in and he said. Yeah, you're. You know, if it weren't for the double pneumonia and, and you know coming out of this stuff, he said you're healthier than some of these caregivers that are helping you. And I okay. said, uh, really? Uh, I, <laughs> I, of course, I couldn't see myself on the gurney either. That's another thing, you know. I, but I, he said, yeah, look at the O2 meter above your head, and uh, he said, yeah, it hasn't dropped below 95 percent since you've been in here. He said you have double pneumonia. He said that's like athlete level. You know, O2, uh, 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 not not rating, but um, capacity. Oxygen uh, yeah. content. Yeah, oxygen content. So I said, okay. Um, once again, I'm I'm glad that you know whatever I did. He said, yeah. He said whatever you were doing um, physically. He said you if if there was a way to prepare yourself for going through this stuff. He said you. You, you did it. I said, well, okay. That's good to know because I said, I'm, I'm going to come out of this stronger. Eventually, I'm going to come out of this stronger. I said, it's going to take a while and I'm going to have to, you know, work hard. But once again, I'm going to come out of this, uh, you know, a, a better person than, than what happened. But, um, but yeah, at any rate, the, the nurse, I, I didn't know it was time to switch rooms after my CAT scan and everything. And 
so we're talking and and uh you know it she said yeah the only thing that you know we were just laughing about stuff and she said yeah she said the only thing you were really concerned about was that catheter when you first woke up i said yeah <laughs> and of course i had no idea what she was getting ready to do and i said yeah i said you know uh <clears throat> i uh you know I, i'm really not looking forward to the uh the time of its removal and she said oh don't worry she said you won't feel a thing i said yeah yeah i've heard that likely story okay and sure enough and man she and that's exactly what she was doing she had that sucker popped out faster than anything and i didn't feel a darn thing so um but yeah the the first lecture i got was um uh in, in icu and and uh it, it finally came time for me to have to use a bathroom you know number two and, uh, of course, I'm looking at the nurse. I said, okay, uh, how can I get to a bathroom? <laughs> and she pulls out a bedpan. I said, oh, no, 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 I'll hold it. She said, no, you can't hold it that long. I said, I'll try. <laughs> she said, no, 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 no. Well, at any rate, we, we took care of business and everything. And um, uh, a few minutes later, we're, we're, um, we're getting ready for another round of shots and stuff like that. And, and I said, ma'am, I'm really sorry that you had to do that. And uh, she looked at me. She says, what the hell are you talking about? Hmm. I said, I'm really sorry. I said, I think I'm still 50-some-odd years old. I should be able to clean up my own messes. I said, I, I said that's, in, in my mind, that's unacceptable. I said, you shouldn't have to clean up my mess. And she looked at me. She said, number one, uh, you need to learn something right now. Uh, yeah, you're a cop, and you, you like helping people, and that's what you've done. Okay, now you're in a position where people have to help you. So you need to shut up and let people help you. She said, I'm trained. I'm a professional nurse like you're a professional police officer. She said, I know what I love doing my job, and I love taking care of police officers. So you're going to let me do my job, what I love to do, and you're not going to give me any more talk about it. You understand me? Uh, yes, ma'am. And she said, you need to learn to let people help you. Said, okay. She said, yeah, there's times in your life where you can't do it all by yourself. Well, this is one of them. Okay, so think about it. Uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so that was my first lesson in ICU. Now, shut up, needs your jello. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, so yeah, yeah. The the uh, the the first. Well, both le both lectures. Uh, I still quite I remember well, I guess. But but the whole thing is it, it's recovery too. Uh, just like with you, you know, they cut me loose. Okay, here you go. Um, go see. Go follow up with your family doctor. See you later. And I said, uh, okay. Is there, oh, yeah, you could have another seizure at any time. See you later. Oh, great. Um, okay. Uh, so we don't know, and that was the, that was the fact. The, the last uh, meeting I had with, with a doctor was, uh, well, good news and bad news. Um, we have no clue why you had a seizure, and there's no medical reason for you to have a seizure. So uh, have a nice life. Hmm. I said, uh, okay, doc, uh, that's real reassuring. Uh, and he's, and now, like I said, it was great that the, the, uh, Indian doctor that came in, man, like I said, he was taking things personally. Uh, and he literally came back in before I left and apologized to me and said, I, I cannot find an answer for you. And I said, sir, you don't have to. I said, I'll live with what I've got. I said, I gotta be thankful for what I have. So I deeply appreciate your help and, and what you did for me and everything. Um, but he said, you know, in, in he'd been practicing neurology for well over 30 years, and he said, the longer I'm in this field, the more often I see a case like yours. 
And what I mean by that is, he said, uh, a middle-aged uh, man or woman <clears throat> that's in good health physically and, and all that uh, has a seizure. Uh, sometimes a petite mall, sometimes a very violent grand mall seizure like you had. And um, that's it. Nothing else. Almost as if it's an anomaly. Uh, the rest of your life, you're nice and healthy, um, never experiencing a, uh, something like this again. I said, okay, well, that's a little reassuring. He said, yes. He said, and I understand. He said, you're, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a mental game. I said, yes, sir, it is. <laughs> that it is. So, um, but yeah, so I get out of the hospital and, okay, follow up with your family physician. Uh, so I go and find a family physician. <laughs> I'm like most guys. I don't like to see doctors unless I, well, like in this case, and drop dead. So, uh, I, yeah, um, kind of like you, it's just like, okay, well, what's this? Yeah. Okay. What do I have to do not to have to see you again? <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> but that's the whole thing. I, I have, um, uh, a very, very, uh, severe, uh, gout problem and, uh, have had for, for over 30 years. And it, it, the, my gout issues have, have, uh, just grown exponentially over the years. So, uh, for those who have suffered gout, uh, you know just how excruciating it is for for a, just a, um, a minor attack. Uh, I, I still say, next time you have a big one, let me just hit it with a rubber mallet. Well, here's the thing. that's And that's actually funny you bring that up. Because I try to, you know, somebody asks me, well, what's gout feel like? Uh, uh, well, let me take a ball-peen hammer to your temple, and, and that's <clears throat> that'll get things started. How about that? But actually it is. I mean, a lot of us have experienced, uh, you know, smacking the thumb with a hammer, you know, trying to drive a nail into wood or whatever. Uh, I, Lord knows I've done it so many times, you know, you got purple thumbs and, and stuff like that. So if you were to, if you're really taking a, a, a good uh, stride toward that nail with a hammer and you miss that hammer right smack onto your thumb, that initial pain... And that initial flash of pain that takes your breath away, imagine that all the time. I mean, and and so uh, a breeze, you know, a, a, a sheet over your, and now I've had gout and most people have it in their feet. I've had it in my feet, ankles, knees, knuckles, elbows. Um, I think that's about it. But during my recovery... They had me, the, the docs wanted me drinking to get, to stay hydrated, get hydrated, because once again, I didn't realize how bad I was. They wanted me to drink uh, Pedialyte and um, uh, sports drinks as much as possible, along with some water, but they really wanted all that other stuff in my system to build up. I'm really not a sweet tooth, so uh, when I did go to the store, um, I tried to get, you know, sugar-free Powerade, whatever, and, and do that. Well... Once again, even with sugar-free stuff, there's fructose or, or some sort of man-made crap in it. <clears throat> and so what happened is I got an excessive amount of fructose in my system, especially my system's not used to it because I don't eat sweet stuff anyway. And um, I ended up with a gout flare in seven different joints at once. Um, my second or third week at home trying to recover from this stuff. And... That was probably the most debilitating part of, of the, the ordeal was trying to get over 
a gout flare. And the doctor that I found, um, I contacted him. I said, man, I, once again, it's, it gets to the point to where only a, a steroid pack would, would work, uh, to, to quash the, the gout flare. So I, I went to see my doc and once again, kind of like what you've experienced in the past, you know, years ago, doctors would automatically prescribe painkillers and stuff like that, along with whatever, you know, anti or, or um, non-steroidal or steroidal stuff, uh, to, you know, take care of the problem. And, uh, the, the doc looked at me, I said, doc, I said, I've never ever asked before, but I said, I, with seven gout flares at once, I said, I, I really, is there any way I can get pain meds? I just, one or two pills are all I need just to, I, I, I'm going crazy. I mean, to say the least that you can't sleep or you can't, I mean, it's, once again, it's, it's really beyond explanation. <clears throat> so, do, do, do traditional pain medicine, like your, your standard Vicodin, does that help? The Vicodin is, is enough for me. Since I'm not used to taking pain meds, a guy like me can probably benefit from a Vicodin uh, here and there. Uh, is... D- <clears throat> Does it actually do something to the crystals, or is it just that it it um, kind of blocks the the receptors? Yeah, the the Vicodin will block the receptors. Okay. Uh, the the steroids will actually uh, literally take care of it. Uh, um, it'll take care of the uh, inflammation. Inflammation. I, I've done a, by the. <laughs> Please don't take the following as medical advice. <laughs> I'm merely a knuckle dragger. <clears throat> I just read a lot of books because <laughs> I'm tired of being in pain all of my life. So, I'm yeah. not a doctor, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the thing is, um, all, most I, we can attribute almost. Uh, let's just say a good portion of our maladies in life, okay, uh, whether it be a type of cancer or whatever, can be directly or indirectly attributable to uh, inflammation somewhere in our system, believe it or not. It, it's it's kind of, if you haven't heard or read about this stuff before, it, it's it kind of it's kind of hard to wrap your brain around this because you think, inflammation, okay, um, you know, my, my joints feel fine. Well, inflammation may not be in your joints. Uh, and we, we, depending upon <laughs> some people like us that have broken a number of joints, <laughs> you have a little more space in those joints than normal, <laughs> then uh, uh, sometimes you don't feel the inflammation. Uh, so, uh, but at any rate, the whole thing is, uh, we'll, we'll get into uh, physiology and pharmacology later, uh, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, but at any rate, yeah, the whole point is uh, I actually asked for some pain medication. And of course this doc had never treated me before. So he's kind of looking at me. I said, doc, seven flares at once. (laughs) He said, yeah, you do like, yeah, you're not joking. I said, no, sir, I'm not. And, and if you knew me, you'd know, I, I never asked for pain meds. I never asked for them. Um, and so fine, but I had not had any sleep in so long and, and all this stuff. It's like, man, uh, it does, you know, gout flares can paralyze your joints literally. Uh, and when I had, I, the worst one I had was in my knee. Um, so I, I have an idea of what it's like to have to, 
uh, when you're lying in bed and after hours of trying to get comfortable, you actually start to doze off just slightly, and then all of a sudden, I gotta pee. <laughs> <laughs> was, was this? Oh dear God! Was this the doctor that he made the concoction and and oh yeah, put it in the in the needle for you? Yeah, yeah. I learned. Okay. Uh, well, just like you, I learned how to give shots to myself um, yeah. in in the gut. Uh, so I, <laughs> oh, hey, I'm a dartboard. Look at this. <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing about that, okay, you know, people don't realize, but I have tattoos all over my left arm. Um, there's just something inherently wrong about purposely taking a needle and jamming it in your stomach. Yeah. It, it took me a second. It, I, I'm not scared of needles. They don't bother me. But to sit there and take a needle and go, I'm going to jam this in my stomach. <laughs> no. Yes. Now now I know um, how people feel, you know, when they have to administer. Uh, if stuff. I ever become diabetic, I'm going to die. Actually, I, you know what? It t he gave me, let's see here, ten, nine or ten of those um, mm -hmm. doses. And actually, as, as I was, I, I see a, a homeopathic doctor, uh, which is great. I and I'm glad that I do. Uh, once again, there's no advertisement here or anything like that. But, um, and he was really, and I'm all about. Hey, if I can figure out a way to heal myself without a bunch of scripts, I want to do that because just I've had some doctors that were good in the past that that told me. I mean, they admit that hey, every script is poison, no matter what. I mean, <clears throat> aspirin is poison. You know, I mean, there's side, there's negative side effects to all this stuff. Is, is the point to that, uh, not to freak out people and oh my gosh, you're not going to die tomorrow if you take an Advil. But the whole thing is, um, if there's a way to try to solve the a problem that I'm having, I'd like to do it naturally if at all possible. And this doc was seeing eye to eye. Said, "Hey, let's try because let's see. I had yeah, out of those seven flares, I had one on my knuckle, and uh, he said, okay, let's see if we can shoot up that knuckle and." You know, if that helps, then I'll work up this concoction and and we'll do it. I said, okay, cool. So it did actually help. It, it staved off, or I should say it didn't stay. It, it basically froze the flare. It didn't get any worse. It did not progress any, uh, which actually is a good thing. So we, we know that, okay, this, this could be working. Uh, unfortunately, by the time I got home, it, it that was on a Friday, and by Saturday night I was, you know, uh, the, the gout had consumed seven different joints by Saturday night, and I'm going to tell you that was the longest weekend of my life um, until Monday before I could get in and actually get that steroid pack. Um, it was it was uh, quite challenging, let's just say that. But once again, that's the, that's the thing. You have to, um, just like you're talking about, you know, uh, a lot of it's mental. Yeah, pain uh, will drive you nuts. And I've been to that level. I've been to that point to where um, just when I was working out in Colorado, I had a, a gout flare that lasted six months. And it was only in one joint. But still, six months, uh, I had, you know, very light sleep for six months. You know, I had, and finally I went to the doctor and um, a very, very good doctor. And, and she said, look, she said, I can tell by looking at you and, and taking your vitals, you're in great health, but you've been in severe pain for a long time. I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, yeah, we'll take care of this, but you know, you've got to take care of the stress that's causing this too. 
He said, I'm just telling you. I mean, once again, somebody that just met me in, in 15 minutes was like, oh, wow, Doc, you're pretty insightful. <laughs> uh-huh. And once again, she's out there. I wish I could, you know, uh, could have brought her back with me because there's a Doc that, that knows what she's doing. Um, it's phenomenal. But um, but that's the whole thing. Yeah, uh, you know, when I got done with this and, and people, you know, some of my buddies, oh, my gosh, you know. Uh, actually, I think some of our buddies were just scared shitless because, um, uh, actually two of them came up to me. It's like, man, you're in better health than I am. And you just fell over dead with a freaking seizure out of nowhere. I said, yeah, <laughs> kind of funky, isn't it? You know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> holy crap. But once again, I thought too, that after recovery that I would remember, you know, more about what happened. And mm-hmm. to this day, I, there's only one specific aspect uh, and that's why I say I, I took a journey beyond this world, and I only remember that specific segment, and that's it, uh, outside of waking up uh, in ICU. Um, like I said, I remember lifting weights the day before and eating food, and I remember waking up in ICU. And outside of that, like I said, one specific aspect of time that we can discuss in a, in a later uh, episode, um, I was not of this world. So... Um, it's 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 one of those things where now I, I can honestly say uh, there are some things I'm not I don't have uh, an intrepidation about <laughs> I'm not yeah. I I came to my obviously you know with previous experiences in law enforcement and getting shot at and blah 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 I I realized my mortality I was I wasn't really afraid of of dropping dead because I figured I'd do something stupid as a knuckle dragger. You know, I'm going to walk in front of a speeding projectile of some sort, whether yeah. it's a blade or a projectile or a vehicle or something like that. It's just a matter of time before I do something stupid. So it's not that I'm a tough guy or anything like that. It's just that I knew I'm a knuckle dragger and I probably wouldn't be long for this world. So, um, you know, and it didn't happen. So that threw a big wrench in the monkey works, you know, for me, like, well, I survived. What the hell? You know, <laughs> what do I do now? Well, well, in a part of that's that attitude. But once again, we'll address that attitude in, in future episodes as well. So, but at any rate, um, yeah, that this this is it's life's about uh, dealing with challenge. You know, we, we are presented with 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 challenges, and it's up to us to, uh, you know, we have a choice. We can either run away, or we can face them. Um, and, and if we face them, we can make a decision to learn from them, to grow. Um, and, and we need, as a society, we need to learn how to embrace a challenge, not fear it, not, uh, run from it. Or, uh, we don't learn things when we're sitting on a beach on a sunny day doing nothing. Okay. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's great to sit on the beach or, or, you know, go take a hike in the woods, whatever your thing is, um, it's great to do that and relax and, and regenerate and all that good stuff. But really, <clears throat> you're not growing. You're not learning. You're, you're not being a better person. You know, we have an opportunity. A challenge is an opportunity to become a better person. So with that said, it's time to say goodbye. Yeah, we can do that. Until next time, take I'm care. I'm Frank. I'm Fred. Bye-bye. <laughs>